with. Proverbs 18.24. It says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Amen? Father, I thank you for your word, and I pray as we begin to look in this and and go where you have led us, uh, we pray that you will bless it. I pray for myself, Lord, to just remove me, get me out of the way, and just speak to us tonight. And uh, Father, I uh, just pray you fill me with your spirit and uh, take complete control. We want to honor you. Your word is good. Your word is good. You're good. Father, we just pray that the Spirit would anoint and bless it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> As I read this uh, tonight, I don't know how many, of, how many in, in here of y'all have uh, Bibles other than the King James Version. It's not okay. Did, did some of y'all read a little different than what I read? See, what I read said, uh, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Did we have some that read a little different than that? Did we have some that read a good bit different than that? Wonder, wonder why that is. You ever wonder why? I'm, I'm not up here tonight to, to, to bang the drum for King James. <laughs> I'm just saying that I run into this and... Uh, <clears throat> I know the ESV. Let me read the ESV and see if some of y'all read like this. A man of many companions may come to ruin. You hear that? How many, y'all got, some of y'all got something like that? Okay. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's, you know, if you read those, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of difference. There's a, there's a lot of difference there. Now, I'm going to, this is, and this is extra. This ain't going to cost you any more right here. But I just want to share this as we move on to end. Because the main thing that I want to look at is the second half of the, the verse, which both of them read the same. But I thought it very strange. And so I, I, I mentioned it today to uh, my son that uh, had graduated from seminary and and he didn't realize. He says, I'm okay, you just got my interest up, and I'm going to go look and see what all that's about. And so he went and he looked at it. And I know that just this past summer, he took Hebrew 1 and Hebrew 2 back to back in crash courses during the summer. He took it all at one whack. So I know that he, he jammed a lot of it in there. So he knew a little, a little probably a whole lot more than I do about Hebrew. But uh, anyhow, he, he, he come back, he said, uh, so it looks like, and I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know this, and the average person probably would know this. But it says, it "Looks like the King James version used the Septuag- Septuagint." Okay, so that might just go over your head, but all that, that what that is, is that a couple of hundred years, uh, two or three hundred years BC, uh, the Greeks translated the Hebrew Bible into Greek, and that was the Septuagint. And, and, the, and he said they used. The Septuagint, which is the, that translation. So you really, if if they're not right, it's not the people that it's not the people that that, that wrote the King James version back in the 1600s. It's the it's the Septuagint that they used to get this. Okay, so if it wasn't right, it was the the people that trans that translated it from Hebrew to Greek. Are y'all with me, or is this Greek? Okay. So that would be where the, the, the problem was. But there was also, you could go back about uh, thousands of years before, there was the Hebrew, the, the Hebrew text and all was a Masoretic text, I believe is what they call it. And it was, that's the Hebrew, and you, can, you, and you can use that. It just so happens that when they translated the, to the Greek, that they, they, they used a word completely different than what was in Masoretic text. So if you... If you want to go back to that, and he says that most likely that's what they did after, now listen to this, after they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, you know, just a few years ago, I mean, they, they, they uncovered those, they went, that carried them way back, the originals, and they were able then to look and could, could, to compare and to see, so, so see now today, the folk, these people that translate this word today, they have more to work with than them people back there did. 
Because God, I mean, God, hey, y'all understand God's the one that keeps this thing together. He's the one that keeps it going. He's the one that anoints it with the spirit. You're not going to change his word. You can't change his word. You can change it. But the power, but, but God's word stands and he will see that his word gets through. Okay. And so as I, and, and, and I want to make that clear, but I, I, I just thought it would be good that I mentioned this since this particular verse, I knew that as I read it, I would have people, I possibly would have people out there saying, well, golly, man, my Bible don't even read nothing like that. But <clears throat> I believe the truth of the matter is, is that the, the rendering which says a man of many companions may come to ruin is the probably the one that's closest to what they were trying to get across when, it, when this was written. Because if you look at the Proverbs, when you read them, these, these Proverbs that, that give us a front part, and then they contrast it with the second part. It's like this, but this. And, and it's, a, it's like a positive to a negative or a negative to a positive, that, you know, that sort of thing. So this then is probably what this was probably more like it because actually the word is completely. The word that I found in the Hebrew when I went and looked in the Hebrew, uh, the strong concordance, was it was, it was, it was a word that's not meant, the word that's yet there is not used as uh, show yourself friendly, nowhere else. It's, it's used as ruin. 99 other times in the whole, why they decided to take this one and change it, I have no idea. But I believe, I do believe, that probably the reading of a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's what he's, you see in the contrast. And here's the contrast. He's, when we stop and think, a man of many companions or associates, or he's, he's surrounded by a lot of folk, he may come to ruin. <sighs> The, the, uh, people can be surrounded by a lot of people that want a part of them, want to be a part of their lives, all these kind of things, but they don't really care about you. You understand what I'm saying? You can be surrounded by a lot of folk. As a matter of fact, I thought about this. I, I just recently watched a, a documentary on Hank Williams Sr. Now, how many of y'all know Hank Williams? If you live in Baker County and don't know Hank Williams, don't tell nobody. Strange, it was a good documentary. <clears throat> Just a poor guy from Alabama that loved music and stayed with it, and he happened to have a mama that really pushed him and married a lady that really pushed him. And they're the ones that made him. He loved love singing. He didn't love the business side of it. He didn't love all the having to be here and there and all that kind of stuff. He just liked to show up and sing and go on about his business. But he found out that ain't the way it works. He's sitting in a boat playing with, fishing with one of his band members after he had made it big. He had many hits. Everybody wanting him. He, he, he got away and got in a boat out, <laughs> out in the lake. <clears throat> and he's fishing and all of a sudden here comes the airplane. Now this is back in the, uh, the, around 1950. Here comes the airplane. Flying around, and one of them that can land on water, and it lands and scoops and flies right up there to the boat. And it's his wife, Audrey. She said, Get in the plane, you got a meeting to be to. Can you imagine that? He couldn't, you can't get away. You couldn't get away. You just can't get away. And the old boy that was telling this, he's still alive today. He was telling it, says, uh, Hank got up. He said, he, he got up and got on out there to get on the plane. He looked at me and he says, uh, Don, they, they slicing me up and selling me like baloney. He died at age 29. Now, does this, came, does this ring a little bit? Does that seem maybe a man of many companions may come to ruin? He had many companions. He had many people around him. Everybody loved him. Everybody wanted part of him. And he and he he died, died young. Now the contrast is this: <clears throat> there is a friend who cares about you, no matter what, and he'll stick with you, no matter what. Don't you like those kind of people? Are you one of them kind of people? Do you want to be one of them kind of people? I want to be a friend that people can 
count on. And I think that probably it's good to know that in everyone's life, we, we should have someone, maybe two or three, but that's extremely close. Okay, and so tonight I'm going to look at that. That's what I want to look at. And you say, well, you killed a lot of time trying to get to what you wanted to do. But uh, still, <laughs> I, think it all, I think it all goes together. And, and uh, I just try to create a picture for us to see and that, we, that we can relate to. And um, so this friendship. And so tonight what I want to look at is an unlikely, an unlikely friendship. And boy, it was really a friendship. When you talk about a friend that sticks closer than a brother, <clears throat> we find it here in this unlikely two. So if you will, let's go to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 18. 1 Samuel chapter 18. Now this unlikely friendship was between a king's son and a shepherd farmer's son. This was between King Saul's son, Jonathan, and Jesse's son, David, the shepherd boy. So we got a shepherd boy and the son of the king who's in line to be the next king who has a tremendous relationship and friendship. And I don't know, it just, I tried three times today to leave this and not not do it. But for whatever reason, I couldn't. I'm I'm here. But it it gripped my heart last night as I was reading, reading it. And I couldn't shake it, and so I guess the Lord just wants me to share it. But I just want us to walk and look through, look at this relationship as, if we can, quickly as we can. Hopefully I can get through it. And just look at some things and hope some, there's some things in it that will speak to us, that will touch our heart, and let us see, uh, you know, there's just, a, there's just a right way to do things. And it's good to be good to folk. And we need friends. We need friends. And we need to be the type of friend people can count on, that they don't have to worry about us talking behind their back. Have you ever been hurt because somebody you thought was your friend, you found out they were saying things about you? Any amens? Yeah. It shouldn't be that way. Not if you call yourself a friend. So uh, a real friend. That's what I titled it, a real friend. And this is what they, they look like. Let's start out in chapter 18. And I just, we just, I'm just going to walk and I'll try to paint this picture and let's just look at it. As we come to chapter 18, <clears throat> the king Saul has already made his mistakes. He's been rebellious. Uh, he's been reprimanded by the Lord. He's been told by uh, Samuel that, that his kingdom would be taken and given to another. He's already anointed David. The little, king, the little shepherd boy went and Samuel anointed him to be king. All of these things over on the side. Nobody really knew much about it going on, but this, this is what happened. And then... Uh, we come to the place where David then shows up uh, with Goliath, and we have the story about Goliath, and David's the one, that, the little old guy, and everybody's scared but David. And David says, well, I'll fight him. And he goes out there, he fights Goliath, kills him, cuts his head off with his own with Goliath's sword, and uh, the whole Israelite people are encouraged, and they all fight, and they just slaughter the Philistines. A great victory is won. Great victory is won by this little old shepherd boy. Now, in chapters 13 and 14, you can read uh, tonight, if you want to, you'll read, you can read stuff about Jonathan. He was quite a man, too. He did some, I mean, he was, he was a fighter. He was, no doubt about it. And he was, and he was Saul's son. So I, know, I, I figure Jonathan kind of sees what's going on. I mean, Jonathan, he's part of that army that ain't going out there to fight. Now, I mean, we can't get away from that. Jonathan was. He was there. I mean, if Jonathan wanted to go... He went, he come out every day and challenged him, said, send me somebody out here to find me. I was Jonathan, because we're not everyone want to, but he didn't. But a little boy named David did, and God blessed him. And so when it was all said and done, if you look at just maybe the last two verses of chapter 17, uh, chapter, uh, verse 57, let's, let's begin walk through this. It says, and as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the, with the head of the Philistine in his hand. He still toting the glass head around. And Saul said to him, Whose son art thou, thou uh, young man? And then David answered, I am the son of thy servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. 
So here's David. He comes back. They brought him back to Saul and said, Saul said, who in the world are you? And so let's, here, let's pick up now and look at these first four verses in chapter 18. It says, and it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking to Saul, talking about David, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. So as I stop and I look at that, I'm reminded back just a few uh, weeks back when we were in Colossians where Paul was talking about to the uh, the, the Colossians there that, <clears throat> and he talked about it, said that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love. Being knit together in love, their hearts being knit together, something that Christian people, that should be a part of us. Our hearts knit together. This is what happened here with Jonathan and David. He says his soul, the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of uh, David and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Now, has any of y'all ever heard that we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves? Have y'all ever heard that? Yeah, yeah, I think we've heard that. So it's nothing new. That's, that's just the way it's supposed to be done to love people like that. A genuine, genuine, real friend. So, uh, so we see that there was this, this, this attachment there that he just, it was something special about. And listen, folks, now, and I say this, and I believe this, that there's, there is certain people in all of our lives that are, that have a special connection to us. Not, and, and listen to me, not one thing wrong with that. Not one thing wrong with that. Oh, we're, oh we're, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're, we're supposed to love one another. There's supposed to be a, a knitting and a commitment there just because we're all a part of the body of Christ and we're a body and functioning together. But there is special people placed in people's lives, and I do believe, that will touch their life and there's just something special there and, and you need that. You, you need that. I, I hope you have somebody. And I hope that I hope that I that I can be that to somebody. To be that special person. And I think that's a very good thing. And that's the way this is here with with uh with uh Jonathan and David. He says he he loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and wouldn't let him go no more home to his father's house. So he he said, You're staying with me. Saul tells David, you're standing with me. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him, and he gave it to David and his, gar- and his garments, even to his sword and his bow and his girdle. And I just put out in this particular part here, a real friend, a real friend will give. Of themselves, of their pay, they, 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 don't, they don't mind. Now, that's, that's just what he did. He gave that to David. Now, I don't know why he gave that to David, but he gave it to David. He may have looked at David and said, my, you know, the poor boy ain't got, he can't, Saul's armor wouldn't fit him. Maybe mine will. I don't know, but he said, I'm going to, I'm just giving it to him. I'm giving it to him. I'm giving him what belongs to me. This is mine, but I'm giving it to him because I want my friend to have it. I'm more concerned about him than I am me. There's that connection. A real friend cares about you. And he gives. Now, I don't know. Right here at this particular time, I don't believe Jonathan knew that David had been anointed to be the king. So I think probably, it was to me, it's just a picture of that. Jonathan is willingly laying it down and giving the robe to David, really, without even realizing what he's doing. Without even realizing what he's doing. But he's doing it out of a heart that cares for that, that young boy right there. And, uh, and, I, and I, I just, I love that. I just love the fact that there was something special b- b- between the two. I, my prayer is, is that you have, every one of us have somebody in our lives that are special and we're special to each other. We're there for each other. We care about each other. We can share to each other. We can cry to one another. We can trust one another. We don't have to worry if they're doing anything to hurt us or anything. We, it's those kind of people that have you got somebody like that, like a Jonathan and a David. Wow. It's good. It's good. So. <clears throat> Everything's wonderful. David is living with Saul and Jonathan has just knit with him and just give him stuff. And man, it's just good to have you here at the house, son. Except uh, they rolled back into Jerusalem after this big fight and all the pretty girls come out dancing in a sing. Saul has killed his thousand. And David his ten thousand. That ain't going to work. 
That ain't going to work for the king. You got to turn that thing around. The king has just got jealous. Remember, the king is Jonathan's daddy. And he's jealous. And he begins to try to figure out a way to have David killed. You know, he even, he even set him up and told him, said, look, you know, I'm going to give you, my, I'm give you my, my daughter. He found out he liked his daughter. I'm going to give you my daughter. All I want you to do is go get me 200, get me 100 foreskins from the, uh, the Philistines. So he just wanted to go out and kill him. So David, he thought, well, he, he's, he's, he's dumb enough to do that. He'll get killed. So he goes out and gets 200 and brings them back. He, and, and Saul knows that the Lord's with him. And Saul's really jealous about David and he's concerned and he begins to try to figure out a way to kill David. Now, <clears throat> let's go to chapter 19. That's the way we're going to do it. We're just going to bop through here and I'll keep you up. I'll keep you up to how it's going. So uh, anyway, David just behaves himself wisely and Saul's got his eye on him. He keeps his eye on him. And then in, 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 in chapter 13 and 19, let's look at this real quick now. <clears throat> Verse 1, and Saul spake to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. Uh-oh. Conflict of interest. Don't you think? Oh, here. <laughs> man, I think, I think a lot of that guy, what in the world? The old man said, well, we got to get him. Got, got a problem. <laughs> Woo, boy, but you can count on a real friend. <laughs> Amen. I'm talking about the real deal, folk. Said that they should kill him. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father, seeketh to kill thee. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take heed to, to thyself until the morning and abide in the secret place and hide thyself. Okay, and I just, so I put it in you. So a real friend will protect his friend. All right? He'll protect him. He'll let him know how, so, hey, we got something here. This is, you better be careful here. Just scoot out of the way, David. Get over there and just hide there and, and let me take care of this. That's what a friend would do. Real friend. Keeping in mind. Keeping in mind now this is, this is the man that's in line for the, to be the king. But Jonathan, okay, and then it says, uh, pointing behind it in verse three says, and I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where thou art. And I will commune with my father of thee, and what I see, that I will tell thee. And it sounds like to me, as I read that, he's, he's told everywhere to go hide. And he said, I'm going, to, man, I'm going to kind of get the old man to walk out that way, and we're going to talk, and you can kind of maybe hear what's going on for yourself. But he said, I'll let you know. So Jonathan talked to his dad, and Jonathan stood, he, and listen, and Jonathan spoke good of David unto Saul, his father, and I just put it down, that, hey, a friend, a friend ain't going to talk bad about you. A real friend's going to speak up for you. God help me be a real friend. Oh, we've got a real friend. His name's Jesus. Help me be like that to somebody. He says, I'll go in a, I tell you, he says, and, and, and Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul his father. Now, listen, this is the old man has just told me we ought to kill him. And he's going to go stand up to the old man and say, look, it's a good man. That's what he's going to do. Takes a little bit of courage, you know. I don't know. King could have had him killed, I reckon, if he wanted to. His own son. But he said unto him, let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he hath not sinned against thee, and because his works have been to thee were very good. He's always done good to you. For he did put his life in his hand and he slew the Philistine and the Lord wrought a great salvation for all Israel. Thou saw it and didst rejoice. You saw what he did and you was glad then. You was happy he stepped up and whipped Goliath because you wouldn't. But now because of your jealousy, you want him killed. Oh, the evil that can be in the hearts of people. But oh, when you got a friend, wow. And says, he says, and you saw it and did rejoice. Wherefore then wilt thou sin against innocent blood and slay David without a cause? So Jonathan stands up for David. He speaks good of him. He gives him the truth. Hey, listen, Jonathan, how easy would it have been for Jonathan to say, 
You know, he, he, he just caused a lot of confusion around here, a lot of trouble. If I just, I'll just, just kill him. Y'all just go ahead and kill him and just, you know, I'll just, I ain't, ain't nothing off of me. I like the boy. No, it was deeper than that, wasn't it? Now, I, he's, he's a friend that I love as my own soul and I want to do, hey, do you take care of yourself pretty good? Do you look out for yourself? Look out for other people that same way. That's basically what that is. So he spoke good of him and said, and, 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 and a friend, and I, I wrote this down, and a friend, as a friend, a real friend, you'll stand up for your friend, even against kinfolk, when they're in the wrong. Any amen? Yeah. See, there's a friend that sticks closer than a, than a kinfolk. Right? That's real. That's real. That's genuine. And it's good, folks. I think it's good for Christian people to realize and know that we, we need that in our own lives. I think Christian people like to kind of stay away from others. Just meet up on Sunday and let's all put on good deodorant and, you know, comb our hair pretty and let's just kind of be sweet for an hour or two and, and then let's just go our ways and don't bother me no more. And, let, and let's just be good Christians. You know, like good neighbors. I never see them. Boy, they're good neighbors. That's good neighbors. I don't have, they ain't never around. This is true, do y'all think? That's the way I do it. We're just like that. But boy, it's, it's a lot better when you have somebody you can sure be close to. You can share your every thoughts, everything with. You can trust them to the end of the world. How many people have we got in this world like that? Can I be that way? God help me. Amen? <clears throat> so you'll stand up even against the kin <coughs> for a real friend. So, now listen, verse 6. I'm, I'm going to make it. And Saul hearkened to the voice of Jonathan, and, and, swe- and, and Saul swear, as the Lord liveth, he shall not be slain. I'm not going to kill him. And Jonathan called David, and, and, I mean, and Jonathan called David, and John, Jonathan showed him all these things. And Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as in times past. Got it? Jonathan goes in, he stands up for it, and he tells him, Dad, you're crazy. Your boy's always done you good. You need to come back. Kind of made him feel bad. You know? He said, well, that's right. I, I ought not do that. Tell him, just come on back. He can come back and do, stay right here with me, just like nothing ever happened. That's good. Jonathan's great. He's happy about it. You go tell David, come on back, David. Everything's fine, man. We got, it's okay. I'm, 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 I'm helping you out. All of this here. I mean, hey, folks, listen to me. You know, what, you know what's happening here? Life. Life. It's just life. Right here in my family, Jonathan's doing things. He's got a struggle. Daddy's going nuts. It's just life, you know? And we have to deal with things. But we just, we just need to do it right. And that's what Jonathan's just dealing. He's dealing with life. So he's, he's worked out this and said, David, come on back. So David comes back. Saul agrees for David to come back, but soon tries again to kill David, and David has to escape. He did, well, it didn't take long. He's sitting there. See, there's an evil, it said, listen, folks, it says an evil spirit from the Lord has been tormenting Saul and come and go. That's the reason David's been coming in there to play, play on the harp for him. David can play good musician, and it soothes him. But whenever the old evil spirit get real tough on him, he'd grab a, a javelin and try to stick David to the wall. Well, that's what he did here after he's come back. David says, you know, I just don't think I can live like this. And he left. And he left and he went to a place called Rama. <clears throat> if you look at, in, in <clears throat> verse, uh, in, 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 so he goes there. We'll go all, all the way to chapter 20 now, verse 1 in chapter 20. David had to leave. He run, and, 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 and his wife, Michael, helped him escape. And Saul was mad with her. And it's just all kind of stuff happened here. But when we get to chapter 20, <clears throat> he's had to leave again. <clears throat> and, he's, and he's struggling. Now, here, now David's struggling, and he needs his friend. <clears throat> he needs Jonathan. So look at verse 1 in chapter 20 now. And David fled from Naoth of Ramah and came and, and said before Jonathan. What did, did y'all see? He left there, and what did he do? Who did he go find? He went to the one he can count on, his friend, his real friend. This, this is a young boy. 
He went and Jonathan, he says, what have I done? So I want you to laugh as I wrote this down. You, with a real friend, you can be open about your feelings with a real friend. Have you ever been where you, somebody you thought about, about saying something, you said, no, I don't, I, I don't think I'm going to say that. I don't think I'll say that to them. Right, you know why? Because you can't trust what they may do with it. Ain't that a shame? Old fast domino tune. Ain't that a shame? Ain't that a shame? <laughs> yeah, it is. David's got some, David's got somebody. He, I, I got. I need to get to Jonathan. Isn't that good? Have you got somebody like that? Have I got somebody like that? What have I done? He's pouring it out. What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before thy father that he seeks my life? Jonathan, what in the world have I done to cause it? Hey, you know what this is, folk? It's life. Have you ever said, Lord, what have I done to have this come upon me? But boy, isn't it good when you can go to somebody you can trust and share that with? What is going on? What have I done? Have I sinned? Show me. He's pouring his heart out to Jonathan. He sees my life. And now listen to Jonathan. Listen to Jonathan. <clears throat> and he said unto him, God forbid, thou shalt not die. Behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small, but he will show it me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It's not so. We get, <laughs> David's come looked him up and told Jonathan, what in the world? Hey, hey, hey don't you know Jonathan could have said, hey, I mean, David said, hey, Jonathan, Buddy, you ain't the one having to dodge the javelins. That's me. He's trying to kill me. Oh, I don't think he'd kill you. I mean, he, 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 you know, he just told me that everything was all right. You know, sometimes the people like that, these good friends, they can't see exactly what's going on. But they're still your friend. And you, and you can tell them, hey, you ain't, you ain't seeing it right. <laughs> you can do that with a real friend. Have you got one? You're not seeing it right. No, no, no. He would hide it from you. And David goes on to tell him that. Listen to this. And David said, he swore even more over and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thine eyes. Do you know what he means? Your father knows that you care about me. And he saith, let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved, but truly as the Lord liveth and as my soul liveth, there's but a step between me and death. Hey, man, I'm just one step from death, Jonathan, I'm telling you. He'll kill me. He pouring it, I can't, can you see it? Isn't it good, man, when you can just get into real life stuff in God's word? His man pouring his heart, this is bad news. If you was there, and you, we're talking about your life and you're saying I'm one step from death, would not you be glad that I got somebody I can count on? <clears throat> oh, yes. God help me be that person that someone can count on. And God help me have that person in my life like that. That's good. <clears throat> Verse 4. Then, then said Jonathan unto David, Whatsoever thy soul desireth, I will even do it for thee. There's a friend. In other words, he's come up here. I don't, re- I don't think you're right. I, th- I don't think it's as bad as you're th- saying, but t- what do you want me to do? Tell me what you want me to do, and I'll do it. I'll help you. I'll help you anywhere I can. Isn't that good? Don't you know that make a fellow feel good? Make you feel good if you're in that kind of place. To have somebody. God, help us be like that. Help us be like that. <clears throat> Whatever you desire, you let me know and I'll do it. So, David comes up with a plan. He says, okay, you've asked what, here's, here's how we do it. 
He comes up with this plan. He comes up with a plan not to show up for dinner around the king's table. That's where he had a place he had to sit. David, he decides he ain't going to be there. I'm not going to be there. And he's planning it. And I'm going to be around the king's table. And he, and, he wanted, and he wanted Jonathan to report the king's reaction to David's absence. That's basically what the plan is. I'm not going to be there, Jonathan. You go. Now, I'm, 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 I'm going to show you. You do this because I want you to see what I know. I want, to, I want you to see your daddy in action. Now you go, I'm not going, and you go sit down, and let's see what happens. If, if, if he's all sweet and nice and everything's hunky-dory, well, it'd be okay. You come tell me, and I'll come on back. But I, you're, going to, you're going to see. And he says, whenever he sees my chair empty, he's going to ask, why ain't David there? Jonathan, you just tell him that I wanted to go back home and do some sacrificing with my family, and you told me I could go. And so that's exactly what happened. He's empty. King says, where's David? Johnson said, he, he went back home. I told him he could go and thought it was a good thing and he'll be back in a few days and all that. And uh, now let's go to verse 30. Verse 30, right here in, in chapter 20, verse 30. This has all happened. He's told him where David's gone and all that kind of stuff. Now let's see, let's see, let's see Saul's reaction to it. So David, Johnson's going to find out. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. And he, and he said unto him, Thou son... Thou son of the perverse, rebellious woman, do not I know that thou hast chosen the son of Jesse to thine own confusion? You're mixed up and unto the confusion of thy mother's nakedness. For as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established nor your kingdom. In other words, as long as you let him live, you'll never be king. He's going to do it. We need to kill him. You need to kill him. You need to want him killed. He's seeing daddy for who he is. Y'all still with me? Wherefore now send and fetch him unto me, for he shall surely die. Now you go get him. You know where he is. <clears throat> and Jonathan answered Saul, his father, and said unto him, Why shall he be slain? What has he done? <laughs> he's doing, hey, know what he's doing? He's telling him the same thing that David just told him. What have I done, Jonathan? What have I done? Jonathan telling us, what has he done? He's right there for him. <laughs> He's got a friend. And Jonathan <clears throat> said, what has he done? And Saul cast a, John, a javelin in him. And Jonathan, we got a mess. Hey, life can be a mess, huh? Even in families, a mess life. Oh, but how good it is to have a, a friend. It sticks closer than a brother. <clears throat> Whereby Jonathan knew that it was determined by his father to slay David. Well, David's plan worked. Jonathan, you know the truth now. So Jonathan rose from the table in fierce anger and did eat of meat and eat no meat the second day of the month. And he was grieved for David because his father had done him shame. He knew it was his dad's problem. And he was he he hated that. <clears throat> so uh, let's look in uh, at verse. Uh, let's see. I believe it's twenty. We yeah twenty eight and nine. Uh, if I jump, maybe I had jump. Yeah, eight and. Uh, I wanted to look at eight, eight and nine. Let's see where I'm at here. I done. I done. I just I jumped. But it's hard to keep this uh, in, in you, but you can trust the fan. Look at Samuel, look at 1 Samuel 20, 8 and 9. It says, and Jonathan said, far be it from thee, for if thou knew certainly the evil, uh, if I knew that there was evil uh, to, uh, to be determined by my father and come to thee, then I would, would not I let you know. This is before what I just read. But what he's doing, David has told him what, but he said, just go and do it. And, he, and Jonathan said, I, I, you can trust me. That's basically what he's saying. You, you can trust me. And then, and, 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 and then he did go, and, and, and he did exactly what he said. And so now uh, we got to decide how we're going to, how David's going to find out. And he told David, uh, you know, whatever I, whatever I find out, um, that I, I that I'll let you know. And uh, let's let's go let's go to First Samuel twenty, uh, forty one and forty two, forty one and forty two. <clears throat> So uh, here's the little thing that was set up that when that, David, if I find out that it's okay for you to come home, I'll go shoot an arrow out there. You be, I know where you're hiding. 
I'm just going to go shoot an arrow. Don't want nobody to know what's going on. I'll shoot an arrow. And if I tell that boy it's over to his side, if you hear me say, the arrow's over to its side, you'll know everything's all right and you can come on out. But if you hear me tell him that, and I'll shoot this arrow, and you hear me tell him, it's on further beyond you. It's on further beyond you. If you hear me say that, it's, it's over. You got to go. That's what he did. And he told him that. And he told that boy, he said, you go on. You, it's beyond you. So finally he got the arrows up and he gave all his stuff to the little boy, the, the lad, and he told him, you going back to the town. And it left. when the lad left, David come out. <clears throat> he was hiding. And he come out, verse 41. As soon as the lad was gone, David rose out of a place towards the south and fell on his face to the ground and bowed himself three times. And they kissed one another and they wept with one another until David exceeded. They both of them cried and cried and cried until David could, could get composed. And I just put it down. Real friends can allow their emotions to show. They don't have to hide it. Real friends. I don't know what that is. But they're not they're not afraid to be open and their emotions to show and to cry with one another. It's, tr- it's genuine love for one another. It said, and Jonathan said to David, go in peace, for as we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, the Lord be, it be between me and thee and between my, my seed and thy seed forever. And he arose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. That's, you know, you got to go, David. That's all I can tell you. <clears throat> I don't like it. it but... You know, I've done everything I can. I've protected you. I've done everything I can do, and and you've got to go. And he did. And as we close, as we close out here, I want to look at how 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 it all ends out. But David, so David has to escape here. He gets through. He hugs Jonathan, and I want to tell you, they they constantly all through here. You'll see where they met. They made a covenant. They would always make a covenant together that it would stand forever and ever between thy seed and my seed. They always did that. And uh, so David David escapes again. Jonathan's went out and let in and planned work, and he got away. Saul wanted him to bring him in, but he didn't. He got away. So David David goes by, gets a sword from a priest. He takes off, and and you know if you remember the story, they came and they killed eighty. Saul had eighty of the priests killed because they had to, they had helped David get away, and. Uh, it just was terrible, terrible ordeal. He, he was running. He was a fugitive. It just come out. He escapes. He's 80, 80 priests are killed because of revenge. David is now a hunted fugitive hiding in the wilderness of Ziph. And it's been five years. You can go to chapter 23. Been five years since he left. And he's, he's run. He's hid. He's run. He's hid. And there is always Saul trying to get him. And, he's, and it tells us in uh, verse 13, talks about it. It says that he's, he's in a wilderness of Ziph. So let's look at it real quick. But it's been five years, but I want to tell you something. David still had a friend. David still had a friend. Nothing changed. A real friend. Verse 13, verse 20, chapter 23, verse 13. If you're there, say amen. Then David and his men, which were about 600, rose and departed from Keilah and went whithersoever they could go. And it was told Saul that David was escaped from Keilah and he forbore to go forth. Now let me just tell you a little story behind that right there where he's, he, he's leaving Keilah here. David showed up to this place called Keilah and defended it against the Philistines and saved that town for them people. When it was all said and done, they were gone. Then Saul shows up to try to kill him. He asked the Lord, do I, can I stay here or do you think that they'll turn me over to Saul? He said, they'll turn you over to Saul. <laughs> That's life, ain't it? Here I have done, I, I, I saved these people's lives and they'll turn right around and hand me right over to Saul. That ain't a friend, is it? That's a companion. <laughs> That's just people I've been associated with. That's just associates that I've been with. We've been doing things together, but when it comes right down to it, they'll turn me over. See, there's many companions that bring, can bring you to ruin. But there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Wow. So he said, and David arose, uh, 14, and David abode in the wilderness in strongholds and remained in a mountain in the wilderness of Ziph. 
And Saul sought him every day, but God delivered him not into his hands. And David saw that Saul was come out to seek his life, and David was in this wilderness of Ziph in a wood. And Jonathan, five years later, Jonathan's still with his daddy. Jonathan sneaks on out. Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the wood and strengthened his hand in God. Man, that's a friend. That's a friend. Wow. He strengthened his hand in God. <clears throat> he encouraged him. You know what he did? He said, David, it's going to be all right. That's what a friend. It's going to be okay. It's been five years, David said. I've been running five. It's all right, David. It's going to be okay. God's, God's hands with you. He's encouraging. God's hands with you. And then he goes on to say, listen to this. And he strengthened his hand in God. And he said unto him, Fear not, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee, and thou shalt be king over Israel, and I shall be next unto thee, and that also Saul my father knoweth. He encouraged him. He says, everything's going to be all right. God's, God's hand's on you. David, you're number one. I'll be second. Fine with me. That's from the man that it rightly belonged to. That was the king's son. Didn't matter. A true friend. He cared about David. To the end. To the end. He said, and that that saw my father know. And it says, and the two made a covenant before the Lord. They did it all the time. Made a covenant before the Lord. And David abode in the wood. And Jonathan went to his house. And that's the last time David would see Jonathan. They never met again. But they were friends. They were friends, right? To the end. Help me to be a friend like that. Do I have someone like that? I think, folks, I'm telling you, I think it is important for Christian people to have people like that, that they know they can count on. And I think there's some of y'all here. uh, You can come right on up. Emily, <clears throat> friends forever, even through the hard times. You know, uh, I got five minutes. I think I'll use it. How many of y'all saw that great movie, The Fox and the Hound, by Disney? I don't know if I've ever had a movie hurt me any worse. Y'all know what I mean? Todd and Copper. Can't forget them. A little fox and a little puppy grows up together. You know what they always said? I can hear Copper, we're going to be friends forever. We're going to be friends forever. Well, life has a way of coming and bringing us some tough things, don't it, folks? But we still be friends. So they grew up, and the old hound had to run to Fox, and he'd tell Todd, Todd, you need to go and get out of here. I'm supposed to be mad with you. I'm supposed to be after you. But just that's just, don't can't you see? Kind of like old Jonathan. You got to go. I mean, I. You're the best friend I ever had in the world. Second Samuel chapter nine, verse one. It says, And David said, Is there yet any that's left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness? For Jonathan's sake. Oh, man, I like that. That's a friend. That's a friend. That's the kind of friend we have in Jesus. See, Jonathan was willing to lay his down. He gave it today. He, was, he laid it down. You know, Jesus laid it down for me. See, it, tell, it said Jesus felt that it wasn't something to hold on to, his, the, 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 that he had to hold on to being God and that he couldn't t- turn it loose and come down and be a, a lowly man. He could lay it down, even to the death on the cross. Lay his life down. 
What a friend. Jesus told his disciples, Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. And he says, and I'm calling you my friend. Because he knew he was fishing to lay his life down. He was going to lay it down. Jonathan laid it down. But Mephibosheth was shown grace for Jonathan's sake. Eddie Griffiths was shown grace for Jesus' sake. Amen? That's a real friend. Isn't that good? God help us. Help us to have some friends like that in this world. Help us to be, be like that. I think it's a wonderful story. It wasn't too long before Jonathan was killed in battle, him and his dad. He never saw him again. But one thing about it, David knew he had a friend. David never forgot it. Even though the friend was gone, he still stood by what he said he'd do, even when he was gone. Let's stand, if you will. I just pray that God just blessed your heart tonight with just a few words from his word about how good it is to be a genuine and a true friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. I'm opening up the altar. Emily, go ahead. If you just want to come and just uh, thank the Lord, thank the Lord that if you've got a friend like that in your life, to thank him for it. And say, Lord, help me. Help me. Be a friend that somebody can count on. That I will be loyal. That I can be trusted. That I care about them. I will not talk about them. I will stand up for them. I will protect them. They can count on me. Yes. God, we come tonight. We're just thankful to be here in your house, to be with your people. What a joy. What a joy it is to be a born-again child of God, to know without a doubt that I belong to Him, to know that I have a friend that has laid their life down for me because I needed a Savior. And they laid their life down for me so that I could have grace and be able to come and to be in the presence of a holy God. What a friend. God, help me truly be a friend to those around me and help me to be that special friend to those people, Lord, that you draw me to. Help us be that church that loves one another, truly cares about one another, that the thought of talking about people behind their back wouldn't even cross our mind. Genuine love, a soul knit together. It's what we are. It's what we need to be. So we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your spirit here tonight. May it just speak to us. May it help us in our everyday life. We're living life. We're living life. Tough things come our way. Lord, we can still have that love. Be that friend. I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.